Hi everyone, welcome to the Value Inspiration podcast. My name is Ton Dobber and I'm the founder of Value Inspiration. The purpose of my company is to help business software companies rethink what can be to become remarkable again. The goal that I have in this podcast is to inspire new forms of value creation by sharing compelling ideas and stories about the potential that we can unlock when technology and people blend in the right way. So my strong belief is that we can think big and therefore we should. And doing so will help to create a better world for all of us. And this podcast is all about that. The guest on my podcast today is Nachi Jinankar, CEO of Avrio. The premise of Avrio is really to significantly accelerate the hiring cycle so yeah, that yes. when there is a crunch in the kinds and numbers of jobs available, that people would be able to move around a little faster so that they're not that poorly affected by it. The thing is not that there's not going to be enough jobs. There's not going to be enough jobs all the time. The hiring cycle right now is six to nine months, which is just ridiculous. But our, our vision really is to be predictive about where somebody is going in their career and their career path and where companies are going and into new markets, into new industries uh, and having new kinds of jobs available. We would really like to be able to match people six months before they have to look for a job and, and start the conversation. This is Nachi. He's got a passion for building long-lasting companies that build amazing technologies that change the world. He's been an entrepreneur for over 20 years and in that period founded five companies. It all started with Livewire, where he successfully imagined and built an enterprise apps company before it was fashionable to do so. His second company, Retail IQ, brought him into the optimization space and specifically real-time price and offer optimization. It's this knowledge of optimization and matching that's part of the secret behind Avrio. Build on the thesis, let humans do what they're best at and machines do what they're good at, Avrio built an AI platform that uses machine intelligence to bring people and companies together way before there's a real urgency. Avrio strongly believes the hiring process is broken. With increasingly limited resources and an increasingly competitive market for talent, recruiting is therefore harder than ever. And that's what Avrio has set out to solve. And this inspired me. Hence, I invited Nachi to my podcast. We explore why the hiring process is broken and what challenges that brings to both employers and future employees. We then discuss the details behind the fresh approach Avrio is taking by turning a very reactive process into a proactive process and what benefits that provides to everyone involved. By listening to this podcast, you will learn three things. Firstly, that true value is created when you choose not to further improve a traditional process, but instead approach the problem from the other end of the spectrum and turn something that's reactive into something that's proactive. Secondly, why the value of AI and humans is not an either or. Combining the two forces in areas such as recruitment creates beyond expected results. And thirdly, how to create solutions that help your customers both grow and make them more money at the same time. So, welcome to my podcast, Nachi. And for making the time available today to explain about your big idea and the story behind your company, Avrio. But before we start, it's always an interesting element for my audience to learn what drives you on a day-to-day -day basis? What is your passion? 
Well, thanks, Don, for having me. And thank you to your listeners for taking the time to, to listen to us. And thanks for, of course, uh, introducing the company, Arbio AI. We're in the business of using AI to improve hiring across the board. And the genesis of this, of this company was really from thinking about how people and companies can use their data for their own benefit. And there's a lot of companies in the world a lot of very successful companies that leverage you and your data to improve their business and to make a profit. But the kinds of services they offer you are pretty thin. What we wanted to do was to figure out how people could use their own data uh, for their own benefit and how companies could use their own data for their own benefit. Okay. And that's really something that is central to what we do, how we conduct ourselves, how we treat people's data carefully, how we're thoughtful about, you know, our mechanisms in AI and things like that. What interests me is why did you start with, I mean, let's go kind of rewind a little bit. Why did you pick the industry of recruiting? Was that, I mean, was there a specific interest? Was there, was that your history? Well, did you work in that area in the past? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, part of it is a personal story where, you know, I had a cousin of mine, one of my favorites, younger cousin, who was so frustrated with his job search and, and that he just took a very, you know, low-level job, although he was highly qualified. And, you know, he told me that he contemplated doing some really bad things to himself when when he was going through this process, you know, over you know, a few years. And then he, on a whim, quit his job and took up a coding course and now, you know, has become a top-notch, you know, coder. But he never, we could have saved him a lot of pain if we had the ability to, you know, match his talents to the right kinds of things and match the right kinds of things to his talents. And so there's the personal, you know, angle for it. The second thing is that when you think about how people treat their own data, and the areas of their lives or our lives that they could benefit from using their, their own data. The two things that stand out is the industries is one is health. And second is yeah. If you think about health, you can significantly benefit from your own data. And I know companies like Apple are doing a lot of work in that area. And work is is an area that has massive impact on you and your life, you know, where you live, you, sure. think, you know, what your daily life is, what your satisfaction is every day, you know, it has a significant impact on happiness overall. Agree. So that, that's interesting. You, you, the story of your cousin, and I think your cousin is a representative of many people that, uh, that sometimes just take a job just to kind of pay the bills, not because they are in the need of the, that job or that they are so, so specially skilled for it. What interests me is you've used a number of times the, the phrase, use your data for your own benefit. So in relation to HR or to, to, to HR, but also in, specifically to recruitment, how would I use my data for my own benefit in the recruitment process? Right. So our, our vision really is to be predictive about where somebody is going in their career and their career path and where companies are going and into new markets, into new industries, and having new kinds of jobs available. Uh, so currently, the kinds of matching we do is, is based on historical data, and we're not yet quite 
uh, able to predict what the future is going to, you know, roughly look like. And that's mm-hmm. really where we want to go to to be able to predict where you as an individual in the labor market, what your trajectory is based on okay. the and based on market conditions. And on the other side, the company, you know, where, where the company is going based on the industry it's in, based on its, you know, future plans and things like that, the kinds yep. of jobs they're going to have. So we would really like to be able to match people six months before they have to look for a job and start the conversation so that the by the time they transition over to the new job, that they're really, one, it's a lot less stress, stressful, two, yep. it's quicker, more efficient, and it just avoids a whole lot of pain that, that's involved in the process on both sides. So you benefit as an individual from your data by reducing your pain and by increasing your career prospect or improving your career prospect. That's interesting. So do I get well that, I mean, normally a process of hiring is a company realizes, okay, we need one or two people in this area and one or two people in that area, and they just start the process. And then, of course, it's about who's going to respond, and then you have to go through all those resumes, and at the end you hire some something. So how is this different from from that traditional way of looking at recruitment? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question, and it's a pertinent one for our company. The, you know, one that we soon will be able to be predictive about these things, perhaps next year. Two, you know, we currently, as we were bantering earlier, the approach is very reactive and transactional, which hurts both parties. Exactly. Companies are not really, you know, it's sort of like if somebody leaves, that's when they think about, you know, looking for the next hire. But what we are able to do is look at all the candidates and all the jobs that a company has, do the matching, you know, at scale. So we could match, you know, 10,000 jobs to 10 million candidates and vice versa. And after conversing with those individual candidates via our AI-driven chatter, we could tell the company who are the best people for this particular job for every one of the 10,000 jobs. And then their human recruiters can take over the process or do take over the process and you know, focus on the human relationship part of hiring, which is you know, coaching the hiring manager as well as the candidate you know, on where, where the nuances of the job are and really okay. shepherding both parties through the hiring process rather than the sort of very transactional, reactive type of conversation. Exactly. So you know, half of their work for them so that they are able to focus on the more human traits and, and uh, skills and really build a relationship. Interesting. So let me see. That at the end, you know, what, what you try to do is to make that whole process of, of hiring way, way short than it, than it usually was. Because, I mean, I remember I've been looking for people and it took three months or six months and sometimes like nine months to get someone. And I think with this approach, because you get more proactive and even predictive, you likely can kind of line up the right people at the moment it's there, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, that's why we support both sides. We support the job seeker as well as the recruiter for the company. Okay. Um, to shorten the, the hiring cycle dramatically and to make it more humane and more pain-free. Because shortening of the cycle has such significant benefits to both parties. For the company, you know, they don't need to have an empty seat, which costs them a lot of money. So they don't 
need you know the wrong people in the in the, in the jobs so that also costs them a lot of money and resolving these issues is very expensive and time consuming yeah. true there may be legal ramifications there may be restrictions in countries like France i know there's restrictions on how you can change these things yeah so it's a very involved and expensive thing both parties and we are trying to make it crisp clear and beneficial to both parties yeah i would actually say i mean yeah it becomes almost a competitive advantage to an organization that's that takes this approach because if you can li- if you can line up the right people at the right time i mean it's it's about scaling it right absolutely i mean we can we can do this 24 hours a day so it's a significant advantage to companies because companies have a reputation they have a brand a lot of people that are attracted to the company maybe they're customers maybe they're users and yeah. you know if you're if you're working for a large scale if you're recruiting for a large scale company that has global operations certainly people large you have large constituencies in many countries and you know you want them to have a very good experience whether you hire them or not you know True. you want them to have a meaningful humane respectful experience i mean i think the word uh, the concept of respect is really important here one of the things we learned in our early days is is that people because of the lack of feedback and the lack of transparency and the job seeker sort of living in this opaque part of the world they feel very strongly disrespected and that's not a good feeling true. hey if i'm not a good fit for this job why don't you just tell me yeah that's true <laughs> yeah we're all grown ups <laughs> exactly yeah and we're professionals as in we you know we work it's not we we give our talents and our efforts and our imagination and our time to employers and so we deserve to be respected yeah. and you know frankly many or most employers do but some don't so go have you got any examples where where, you, where your customers have have been using the solution and, and yeah what type of benefit do they get because i mean I give you a kind of an angle from from what i see always when i interview well people like you on the podcast since you're all in the intelligence augmentation area using ai well, to deliver the next generation solutions one of one of the type of people that you're looking for is data scientists mathematicians people that are available but exactly not in big chunks and then you have the, the the likes of the googles the facebooks the apples that are paying huge amount of money to get these people on board i mean is this a solution towards that problem yeah so that's a great question and so zooming out just a little bit what i want to express is that we built a general purpose platform for hiring across domains levels and geography because companies like ea or coca cola are not hiring just one type of person they're hiring a wide variety of people with a wide variety of skills yeah and you know company has a wide variety of requirements and they want to be able to offer this wonderful experience to all the candidates because they could be their customers as well and users the the kinds of results we're seeing are very interesting some are unexpected so for example you know when when we first started looking at the chatbot results you know results of the conversation with candidates people would say well is this real is there a person behind it 
you know, they were curious. They were trying to break the break the bot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, you know, you know, about a year in, we're seeing, you know, people saying, "Hey, thanks, congratulations, this is a great idea," and things like that in, in the chat, which is really fun and and unexpected. Because I think that you know, we make it very clear that we are. This is a machine and not a person talking to you. But any information that the machine may or may not be able to provide you, we can ask our human counterpart for it, a human recruiter. And so the candidates do realize that someone might be reading this stuff. So they're they're pretty pretty good about that. So the engagement rates are very high because you know we are a highly customized, having a highly custom, highly personalized, I should say conversation because we're talking about a specific job with a specific company. We're talking about your career, your skills, your goals, your availability, things like that. It's just a highly personalized conversation. So it's not a random walk. That's one. And two, we're not talking to you about 50 jobs. We're talking to, about, to you about maybe a couple of jobs at a time. So it's a very focused conversation. It's a high value conversation. So it's not just, hey, you know, ask him three questions and you're done. You know, we're talking about specific questions that the candidate and employers are interested in. Yeah. Good. That's interesting. So do I understand that as an individual, I will register myself on your platform and and become part of a, of a larger community, right? So yes and no. I mean, we do have the option of people registering on our on our platform. But most of the times what we do is we take the data, the candidates' data from our customers, and we work with those individuals that we already have. So, so we can scale you know, those conversations uh, a little bit faster and deliver more benefit to more people faster. Because companies might have millions of people in their database that they're really not looking at because they just can't. But do you then also register a person once or is it and, and that you also then can use it that for other customers that are on the platform or is it like coca-cola customers are there or sorry coca-cola people that that well, potential hires for coca-cola is, are in one area and potential hires for ea are in another one that's right we never share one customer okay gotcha. we, we never give ea's data to coca-cola because all right now, because you're also were talking about that you, that you can talk to a person about a multiple number of jobs. So that's, of course, when you, where this could really take off. If you become sort of a, a the, the next the next generation LinkedIn, for example, whereby you can use that that entire source, well, to to provide people that are on that platform with job opportunities about what's in the marketplace, and and also do it from the other other end, end towards the, the suppliers, that could, of course, also be an approach. Yeah, at scale, we, we would be able to be predictive about these things. I would say so. Companies yeah. and across individuals. And, but the way, way we treat companies and people's data is, is pretty thoughtful and respectful. So if you happen to be in both the EA and Coca-Cola databases, we would show you jobs both from EA and Yeah, yeah, gotcha. I understand. So you, you started this company in 2015. Absolutely, of course, in the area where AI became a big topic. So, so from that journey, what do you believe are, are the two or three things that really make this a platform that's, that's remarkable, delivering this remarkable impact in the marketplace? 
Yeah, it's a great question. And I appreciate it as I do get to plug some of the company stuff here. We made a decision a long time ago that we wanted to win the matching game because matching people to situations is a very complex problem and doing it broadly across industries and domains is a very difficult challenge. And we are up to that challenge where we're, the results you know, speak for themselves and we're comfortable talking about our results with our prospective customers as well as you know, candidates, users. And so that's really the main thing that we, we spend our time thinking about, how to improve the conversation, how to improve the matching, how to improve the, the better the matching, the better the conversation and vice versa. Because if you have companies that claim to have AI, but they really have automation workflows, automated workflows or rule-based you know, chatters, yeah. you know, that's the norm, as you know. If you don't have matching, you could be reaching out to anybody and talking about anything. And that's not particularly effective, you know, on the face of it, right? Okay. So the matching is really the key to what we do. And over the long term, we constantly will work to provide more services to the individual because we strongly believe that you want to support both sides of the platform and provide more transparency and more of a view into the hiring, or more of an insight into the hiring process and feedback so that individual job seekers do, they are interested in improving their results and improving their game. So yeah. there's, no, there's no reason why, you know, providing them insight into that game should not improve their results. Yeah, exactly. So how does the platform support the recruiter? I mean, the podcast typically is about, you know, intelligence augmentation. How does... I mean, I would say in the past, the recruiter was used for the wrong thing. It was, it was typically used or she was typically used to kind of push the process forward, a transaction-oriented thing, where I think the skills of those people are, are not about a transaction, but about really, you know, having that empathy and finding the right person for the success of the company and also make sure that the person that you hire thrives and, and you know, it really stays there for a long, long time. How does the platform help there? Yeah, that's exactly right. So we do about, you know, majority of the recruiters transactional work so that they can focus on the more human work. And this has been our premise, you know, let the humans do what they're best at and let the let the machines do what they're good at. This has been something that we've, you know, thought about and talked about for a long time. And in this context, what that means is that recruiters, as you said, the recruiters are really good at the empathy and working with both the hiring managers and the candidates to shepherd them through the hiring process, to coach them and to help them and to give them perspective and to figure out in that process who's going to be a great, high-quality, long-term hire. And that is very, very valuable. That's much, much more valuable than asking two or three questions, you know, in a road fashion. True. When you have a competent machine like ours, you know, a lot of the transaction stuff can be taken care of in a very effective and efficient and in an oddly humane way so that both parties can make a quick judgment whether this is something that they're interested in or not. And yeah. when both parties are interested, then the human process can take over. Interesting, yeah, exactly. That's the way it should be. So so from bringing this to market and, and what did you learn in the selling process? Because at the end, you know, I think the, the market is quite used to, to recruitment and the solutions out there. 
this, of course, is something that's, that takes it to the next level. Yeah, and what, we, what we've learned is, you know, we learned a lot about the market in the last year or two. If you think about, you know, maturity models or, or how the different types of customers, we see that the mid to large size staffing firms are the innovative customer for us. And we saw that from just our market data and inbound activity and things like that, because they have a clear profit motive. They are reasonably price insensitive because they have a clear profit motive. And, you know, many of them are entrepreneurs and adventurers and risk takers. So they are willing to step up and say, I know this is a little bit of risk, but this is a good risk. This is a risk I'm willing to take because if this thing works, I can double my revenue. You know, I can double my profit. And there aren't a lot of things in the world that can improve you, help you grow and help you make more money at the same time. So profit and growth are not friends and they, you know, you know, we happen to make them friends. So there's that. And the, the early majority of this market is, is the corporate customer because they do have a, you know, less appetite for risk. And they also have more stringent processes to make these decisions, take out the risk or reduce their risk. And we're seeing already that we've got some, you know, very well-known companies that we're working with that are showing interest. So we feel like by the end of the year, the corporate market will be, you know, ready at the early majority of the corporate market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the late majority will be, you know, more of the corporate types in, in the more conservative industries like finance and banking. And then the laggards will be companies in the real estate business and education and things like that. So that's how we see the market evolving. And that's, yeah. that's what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. You focus on the first two parts of this, at least for the moment. <laughs> yeah. So, so what do you believe in talking about those two markets, innovators and, and early majority? What do you believe are the secrets to be remarkable to those type of companies? I mean, you know, as you know, the most of the times that companies fail is because they build a product for the innovative customer and then the the they never get to the majority. And uh-huh. what we've done is found the balance between serving the innovative customer but also building for the for the majority of the market. And that's that's a tough act and that's a balancing act that most companies are not particularly good at. But we've we've managed we've got a lot of smart people on our team, thankfully. <laughs> So what resonates with our customers is your question. And what resonates is for staffing firms, the, the revenue and the profit impact is obvious because, you know, staffing firms have very clear metrics like quality submittals per day, which is, you know, how many good quality candidates that do you submit to a hiring manager per day that are accepted by the hiring yep. manager? And in general, that tends to be about two in, in good quality staffing firms. And they can clearly see that if we can, you know, match, you know, 10 million people, you know, tonight, they'll probably have more than two quality candidates per recruiter tomorrow morning. Exactly. <laughs> so so it's, a, it's a pretty obvious win for them. Not only that, that, you know, the, what we're finding is that the chat conversation that we're having with people using our machine, it primes them to talk to the human recruiter. So there is a significant and frankly unexpected benefit of the chatter, which is like, you know, if I chatted with, you know, uh, EA or Coca-Cola and 10 minutes later a recruiter calls me, I'm much more liable to answer their phone call and have a conversation 
because I'm ready for it. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. So looking also at, at the time, from everything that you've learned so far, I mean, this is, of course, a transition in the way people are hired. It's a different way for companies to become more, more competitive and early to market. What would you advise CHROs or well, people in the C-suite to do different or think different with regards to, to the type of solution that you're offering? I think the main thing is that make sure that the company that you're talking to indeed has sophisticated artificial intelligence capabilities implicit in the product and frankly implicit on the team. Yeah. We're very proud of our AI team. We've got some of the best AI people in the world working here and they could be working anywhere else, you know, for a lot more money, frankly, and perhaps less satisfaction, but but who knows? So that's one thing. The second thing is that, you know, artificial intelligence is a very powerful tool, a set of technologies and methodologies and tools that you want to use appropriately and judiciously so that you get the most benefit and the least harm. And I think that, for example, ensuring that you don't introduce unnecessary biases into the system because it's going to be biased from the get-go because of your industry or your geography or your language and so forth and so on, and just your population makeup in, in your communities. So you don't want to introduce any more bias. And don't think that AI can solve everything. I can't tell you how many times. I can give you one anecdote. I gave a speech to uh, 40 of the top Fortune 500 executives, talent executives here in, in Boston, got a big sports brand, probably the world's first or second sports brand. And the head of talent from that brand asked me, you know, if we'd be able to help them hire more diverse candidates. And I said, well, we can certainly reduce bias, but hiring more diverse candidates is on you. Yeah. And, you know, in what communities you're marketing, your, your recruitment marketing stuff. So we can reduce the bias in the hiring process, but we cannot reduce, we cannot increase diversity on our own. That's part of your, you know, effort and part of your contribution. That's true. Yeah, that's right. People think that technology is going to help you with that, but at the end, you, may, you, you, you hit the button yes or no at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone, you know, has a negativity bias and everyone wants a very clear positive or negative answer. Yeah. The reality is that the it's more nuanced because you could you could use AI to significantly, you know, improve uh, the hiring process for both parties or you could introduce all kinds of biases and really ruin it. Yeah. For yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. So in this world, this rapidly evolving world, where you've been in already for four years, what do you believe is next? What is your greatest aspiration? I do think for this company, you know, we, we want to be able to scale this platform to do these things predictively globally. Yeah. And if we can accomplish that in the next 10 years, we'd be pretty happy because this is a global and a very common problem and it remains unsolved, you know, for decades. In fact, it got worse because of the big media companies with the advertising supported business models 
that were, you know, making it easy for people to, you know, click a button and apply. It created this, you know, massive problem for job seekers and companies that we're, we're trying to solve. I do believe very strongly that if we continue on this path that we're on now, keeping the core of our team and then growing around, growing the core and then growing, bulking up around it, that we will be successful in, in scaling this, you know, in the long term. Because we have solved really complex challenges along the way inside the platform and inside the business. And we have built a philosophy of being very objective, scientific in the choices we make in every facet of the business. So we really do aspire to become a preeminent platform. And we're very patient. We're extremely patient because we think we can get there. Good. Stay on the stay stay on the on the vision and uh, keep executing on that. So, if there's anything that people that are listening to this show could do to help you, what what would you ask? You could, you know, hmm. uh, please, please, you know, if you're a customer or potential customer, reach out to us. We'd love to work with you. Come work for us. If you're, you know, interested in AI, sales, or marketing, or operations, you know, reach out to us. And, you know, if you've got, you know, an interesting point of view, please talk to us about it and talk to the world about it. That's good. Let's share that. So where can people go to reach out to you or to, or to your company? So they could, you know, go to our website, which is www.goavrio.com, G-O-A-V-R-I-O.com. Obviously, they could, you know, tweet us at goavrio. Okay. Same spelling. You know, we have LinkedIn and, and so forth that they could reach us out at. We put out a lot of content and videos that are thoughtful. They can read our blog on our website. Things like that. So we're happy to happy to have the engagement and, and the curiosity and the interest. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for this interview. This was yeah, kind of bringing a couple of things to my mind and to my attention that I didn't really uh, appreciate the way I should appreciate it, I realize right now. This was really interesting. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. No worries. The pleasure was fully on my side. And for everybody listening today, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I had the honor to speak to Nachi Junankar, CEO of Avrio. The goal of this podcast is to share compelling ideas and showcases to inspire what can be when technology and people blend in the right way. It's my strong belief that too much focus is put on automating people out of a process, in other words, cutting costs, rather than scenarios where the unique strength of people are augmented with technology to change the established rules and to deliver a value that was unimaginable before. So, with this podcast, I want to make a contribution to change this, to create a broader awareness of what can be, to accelerate the adoption by bringing together you, a tribe of like-minded people and organizations, And lastly, to accelerate the initiatives and solutions that could be created because one idea inspires the other. So if you know about stories that are worth sharing, please send me a message. Building the momentum all starts with revealing the ideas, and that starts with you. If you want to have more information, read my blogs, or obtain information on working with me, just visit me on my website, valueinspiration.com. Thank you for tuning in. And you could do me a big favor by rating the podcast or provide me with your feedback. I'll see you shortly in a new episode.
Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.